Support for The Real Pink Podcast comes from Amgen Oncology. Amgen Oncology strives to serve patients by transforming the promise of science and biotechnology into therapies that have the power to restore health or save lives. Amgen is developing innovative medicines like biosimilars for difficult to treat cancers and is proud of their first in-class therapeutic approach aimed to dramatically improve outcomes. Learn more at amgen.com. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Clinical trials test the safety and benefits of new treatments, as well as new combinations or new doses of standard treatments. They can also study other parts of care, including risk reduction, diagnosis, and screening. People volunteer to take part in clinical trials, and those who join help further the knowledge base that helps improve breast cancer care. Here today to share the importance of having a wide range of women represented in these clinical trials is Ricky Fairley. Ricky, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited, Adam. This is one of my favorite topics. Yeah, well, I'm excited to talk to you. And, and let's start. I would love to hear about your breast cancer journey and what has fueled your passion for bringing attention to eradicating breast cancer, specifically through clinical trials. So my, I am a nine-year survivor of triple negative breast cancer. I had stage 3A triple negative, and um, I did the typical therapy. I had a double mastectomy, did a lot of chemo, radiation, and then a year to the day almost, it came back as triple negative does. I had five spots on my chest wall. My doctor gave me two years to live and said, get your affairs in order. And I said, no, no, you don't understand. I have a daughter at Dartmouth. I have to pay for her tuition. So me, you and God need to work this out. What have you got for me? So I went back on chemo and did, did more, more chemo. At the time, it wasn't a trial, but it was an experimental drug for triple negative. So it just kind of been approved for triple negative. And, um, and then I had surgery to, to put in my implants and the cancer was gone. Mm. We don't really know what happened, but God had another plan for me. And I'm still here nine years later and all is good. And I know that God left me here to do this work, to be an advocate. Mm. And I've really been an advocate ever since. So I've been on the board of the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation really since right after I got well. And, um, and I've done advocacy for a bunch of pharma companies for whatever. And then I recently started my own foundation called Touch the Black Breast Cancer Alliance because I want the industry to focus on black breast cancer. Mm. And what do I mean by that? Black breast cancer is a different disease. Why? Black women are dying at a 42% higher rate than white women. Black women under 35 get breast cancer at twice the rate, die at three times the rate. Black women have a 39% higher chance of recurrence. 21% of black women don't make it to five years versus 8% of white women. And I could go on and on with more stats. Wow. We don't know why. We don't know why. And I really believe that our physiology is different. We get triple negative breast cancer, which is the, you know, the worst breast cancer, which is what I had at twice the rate, 2.3 times the rate of white women. And um, we don't really have the science to understand it. And why don't we have the science? It's because black women don't participate in clinical trials. Yeah. And the numbers are all over the place, but there's somewhere between three, I've heard 3% participation, 5%, maybe even 7%. Mm. There are actually two new triple negative drugs for metastatic that have just come out in the last year or two. And they both had higher levels of participation. And thank God for that because of the numbers of black women getting triple negative. So they've done Mm. a, a better job at recruiting women, but 
overall, the industry is not doing well at recruiting black women. And so, so I'm, I'm curious, like, why do you think that is? Like, what is the, what's the struggle with recruiting black women to, to clinical trials? So there are a lot of historical reasons. I'm sure you've heard of Henrietta Lacks and like mm-hmm. the story and all the bad history that black people have had with research. Right. Right. Um, so that's sort of in people's minds. But, you know, it's really more in the minds of older black people, not younger ones, And they're not making the headway with younger ones either. So it's not only that. Mm. Also, I get a lot of fear of the placebo drug. I'm going to get the placebo drug. I'm going to drink water and I'm going to die. And so there's a lack of understanding of exactly how a trial works that really you only get, you get standard of care. So you're not going to get nothing, right? Right, right. A lack of education is part of it. But I actually, Adam, believe it's deeper than that. I really believe that, that we haven't uncovered the right messaging. And I am not a doctor. I am not a scientist. I'm a marketing person. And so I've spent my entire career convincing people to buy products they probably don't need to buy, like Coca-Cola, you know, that gives them diabetes and obesity. So I understand how to message. Mm. My 30 plus year career, you know, trying to figure out how to convince consumers to think a different way, behave a different way. And I don't think the industry has cracked that nut, that we don't really understand the that, you know, clearly there's mistrust, there's lack of education. Um, and also there's all the kind of social determinants of health, like transportation, you know, access to healthcare, all those things. Mm-hmm. But I believe there's an emotional reason that we have not uncovered yet that we need to figure out how to talk to her, who should talk to her, where to talk to her, and what are the exact words we need to tell her to motivate her to do this work. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm actually in the process, I just got funding to do a research project to that effect and to really understand her psyche, understand what's going to make her tick and what's going to change her perspective and, and get her to participate. So I'm really, really excited to field this research. We're going to field it in January and hopefully have this like secret answer by, by mid-year next year. Oh, I love that. That's so exciting. I, I'm, I want to hear more about that. Yeah, that's great. But I'm so excited to do this work. And, you know, I kind of use the example of Harriet Tubman. So if you saw the, the movie Harriet, have you seen it? Uh, I'm not yet. No. All right. You have to watch it. It's really great. It's, but the, the way they depict her is to me, the epitome of a black woman's psyche. So she's this, this very strong woman. She's, um, she's very spiritually connected. She gets these visions from God and passes out and then wakes up and like knows where to go. Like it's, it kind of defines the path of where to go. And she basically says, I'm going to take put my life at risk for you. And I'm going to take you from this slavery situation to freedom, being chased by guns and dogs and all these bad things. But don't challenge me. Don't question me. Don't criticize anything I'm doing. Do everything my way because I have a gun and I will shoot you. <laughs> and, and, and she basically is a you know, powerful woman, but she has a path. She has a program. Right. Yeah. And she wants to stay in control. So if you're going to, but she's going to put her life at risk as long as you follow her rules. Right. That's the black woman in my house. I will give you my last piece of chicken. I will pay your rent before I pay my mortgage. I will do whatever for you because I love you, but follow my rules when you live in my house. Mm. And so totally in control. She's a helicopter mom, a helicopter grandma. I mean, I am one. I know a lot of them. So when you put her in a situation of a clinical trial, you take away all that control. Mm. You take away all that, that power that she has in her body and her, in her psyche. And you put her in this very vulnerable position where you put her in her car, take her out of her house, her neighborhood, drive her across town to an, a doctor's office where she sees no one that looks like her. Right. Walks into the sterile environment where they're all, you know, white people and scientists and whatever doctors that she doesn't have any familiarity with. 
and then you want to stick a needle in her arm of a drug you don't know what's going to happen? No way. Not mm. going to happen. So you've taken her out of this, this powerful position of who she is and how she defines herself and making her totally vulnerable. Mm. And she's never going to work that way. So what I really want to uncover is how do I change the messaging that, we te- that we're telling her so that we can give her that power in that situation? So instead of her feeling vulnerable, she can feel powerful. She can feel in control of not only her own health, but the health of her family, the health of other people. And my kind of Band-Aid kind of messaging right now is do it for your daughter. Mm-hmm. She'll do anything for everybody that she loves, but she comes last. So yeah, do it for yeah. somebody that, that you care about, you know, and, but we'll see. I mean, I'm anxious to see what this answer is. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that what we uncover will change the ecosystem and how we, we really all of pharma talks to her to recruit her. Yeah. Well, we're definitely going to have you back on the show to, to share that messaging with us for sure. That sounds amazing. Just a couple more questions about clinical trials uh, yeah. too. So tell me, talk a little bit about why you view clinical trials as so important. Because we don't have the science. It, the, the drugs aren't working right now. The drugs aren't working. I mean, why are black women dying? You tell me, why are they dying? They've got that. We've got the same drugs and that have been tested on white women and, but we're dying. And, and, you can, and you can blame it on psychosocial factors, access to healthcare, not good insurance, all those things. But I think those are excuses. And those are things we could throw money at, but she's still dying. You know, I had a friend die last week from triple negative, 43 years old, she has a 23, 20 year old daughter. She had triple negative. She went through all the therapy, the same therapy that I went through, Right. you know, no evidence of disease. It came back nine months later and she lasted 18 months. Oh. Why? And she took the same drugs I took. So I don't think we know. I don't think we understand the science. And so it's so important for us to do this research and understand the physiology and the biology of black women so we can find drugs or figure out how to tweak the drugs or make the the process work better to, to work on our bodies. Yeah. It's so important that women of color are represented in clinical trials, right? So we can understand how these drugs can better help them, correct? I want to figure it out. I want people to stop dying. I mean, I don't want anybody yeah. to die of breast cancer, but at least I want mortality rate parity. Yeah. Black women should not die at a 42% higher rate. Yeah. And young black women shouldn't die at three times the rate. And black women are getting triple negative at stage three and stage four. I mean, the numbers too are ridiculous of women, black women who get de novo metastatic breast cancer. I, I, I have two precious grandbabies, a third one on the way. And I don't want them to ever speak the words breast cancer. In their that's life. right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's why I would do this work. They're my purpose. So, so Ricky, uh, how can our listeners help break down some of these barriers to get rid of medical mistrust or barriers to clinical trial enrollment? You know, it's really just doing this understanding. I mean, I think right now we can't, there's not much we can do. And I feel, I'm feeling like, if we can understand that, how the messaging works and how we can make it work better, that will help a lot. But I think, you know, if you're in a position where you can educate about clinical trials and you can help people understand it better and understand the science, do that. Teach them. When you, when you talk to a patient, also talk to the patient in a way that you can empower them and mm-hmm. make them feel powerful by the, by the knowledge that you're giving them. Right. So, Try to reduce the vulnerability. And that comes from the nurse navigators, from the doctors that they interact with, from really the whole ecosystem. If, you, if you're in a position where you can help educate about research, take advantage of that and really help somebody understand it better if you can. 
I love that. I love that. Well, Ricky, this has been fantastic. Do you have any final thoughts or, or words you'd like for our audience to hear? You know, we have to do this work. We have to save the world. And, and um, you know, I fight like a girl every day to try to figure this out. And I think everybody else should too. And I hope that we can, you know, make a difference and, and help people do the right thing here and do this better. So look for good stuff. Look for That's good right. stuff. I'll come back to you. I'll come back to, to Krista. And, you know, actually the research that we're working on, you know, Komen is one of my partners in working this, working on this. So we have a great team of brilliant people, you know, Komen, Krista Smith from Komen and breastcancer.org and Morehouse School of Medicine and the Center for Healthcare Innovation. We're all doing this together and mm -hmm. Citizen, a company called Citizen. So we have a really great collaborative team of brainiacs that are going to solve this problem. We're going to figure it out. Well, Ricky, thank you for paving the way on this. It's so important and I really appreciate the work that you're doing. And thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. And I'll, I'll be back. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll have the answer and we'll save the world. That's right. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com. Thanks to Amgen Oncology for supporting the Real Pink Podcast. Amgen Oncology biosimilars are backed by four decades of experience in the research, development, manufacturing, and supply of originator biologics. Join the conversation at the Amgen Biotech Facebook page or amgen.com.